Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this really special edition of Freeman Means Business, Wonder Women in Business. As you know, I often have male allies on the show because we can't have these conversations and expect any meaningful outcomes without men in, at the table. So when I do what I do, I often have men in the room. I invite men to participate in presentations and so forth and so on. So today's guest is a very special friend of mine, and most of you probably have heard of him. His name is Doug Ott of Doug Ott Consulting. Welcome, Doug. Thank you, Susan. Glad to be here. Awesome. So I know and love Doug from all his great work in business development within professional services. He's an amazing coach, one-on-one -on -one coaching for business development best practices. And that's how I got to know him. And, you know, you all of you who know me out there think I know everything there is to know about BD. And so I feel I'm qualified to say he's damn good at what he does. So... <laughs> Yeah, super happy to have you here. Let me ask you why, um, tell me, first of all, you tell the audience a little more about your background and the services you offer. Sure, I'd be happy to, thanks. Uh, yeah, I've been, in, I've been in sales business development my entire career, uh, starting back right out of college. Uh, a Bay Area native, was in the tech world for many years, and then shifted over to the professional services world, and I went over to uh, Deloitte over in the West Coast in San Francisco. And I started migrating more towards the sales leadership role with different firms and uh, really enjoyed the mentoring and the training aspect of my job. And uh, the nice thing about getting older and wiser in your career, you just start to try to identify what are, you know, what are your key strengths? What, what are your passions? What do you really want to do in the second half of your career? And I, I just thought, you know what, what I really enjoy doing the most is working with people one-on-one -on -one and in groups doing the training and mentoring. And so why not just set up my own business? And so that's what I did three and a half years ago. Uh, my, my wife and I moved up to uh, Lake Tahoe up in Truckee, California and uh, left the Bay Area and um, haven't looked back. So it's, been, it's just been a blast. I've really had a, a fun time working with the professional services firms. So I'm really staying in a niche area, working with law firms and accounting firms and uh, investigation firms. And it's been, a, it's been a fun journey so far. It sounds to me like, Doug, you've um, found the magic bullet or the secret to integrating work family. Um, I know there's no such thing as balance. We pretend there is, and we're always, it's like Don Quixote chasing windmills. But there's no balance between work and family. There's integration. And I think if I could move to Tahoe, I might be able to better integrate work and family too. <laughs> Uh, so good for you. Smart move. I'm really happy that you and your wife did that. I know you have a child. If you want to give a little shout out to your child. Yeah, we, you know, I got, I got a late start in life. So we have a two and a half year old boy named Lucas and we have three dogs and uh, he's just been a joy. A lot, a lot of fun working with him. And it's probably the, the most difficult job of my career so far as parenting. That's for sure. Every um, parent out there would agree. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun, and we just we we've enjoyed the transition into the mountain living. Uh, I don't have to worry about commuting anymore because I work from home, so I can work wake up early in the morning, and still get out there and maybe do a, an afternoon activity if, if the the time allows me. Um, and what's but, your uh, activity of choice? Like, what do you do when you're not working? Oh, uh, we love to mountain bike. We met mountain biking. We were both volunteer coaches for the Northern California High School Mountain Bike League. 
And um, it's now, you know, the whole premise behind that league is to get high school kids back on bikes because we know how that's changed over the years. And um, yeah, so it's been nice. We, there's over a thousand kids in this league now. My wife and I were both coaching different teams. We met at one of the races and uh, later on started dating and the rest was history. So we still stay involved in the league. We've been involved for the last 10 years. Um, and it's just a great organization. Let me ask you this. Um, that is awesome. I love the fact that you and your wife found a passion, you know, that, a common passion, something that you can do together. Do you ever find clients that you work with who are into biking and do they find that super intriguing about you? I know I do. Yes. That's a big, big part of my coaching because I think a lot of people just, they just don't like business development. And so for throughout my career, I've, I've tried to make, you know, have fun while doing business development. So I've, you know, I've taken lawyers out for bike rides when I was working at Deloitte, um, gone on mountain bike rides with them, gotten together for an, a craft beer because I'm very passionate about the craft beer and, and the wine scene. And so I, I leverage a lot of that to build relationships, but also in teaching people, it's like, Hey, you know, you can actually enjoy business development. Why don't you find some things that you're interested in doing and you will connect with people who also enjoy some of those, those passions that you enjoy and, and, and make BD fun. And so that's been a big part of my coaching. I think that's a unique differentiator, Doug, um, you know, to, to learn on the go, enjoy, like edutainment, enjoy learning, mm -hmm. having fun while learning. That's really great. Um, a lot of people imagine a BD coach would go into a conference room and then you know, like Ben Stein's money drone on all day in front of a PowerPoint. But the fact that I know we have to do that sometimes, but the fact that you have the option to learn on the go, um, that's awesome. That's fun. That's different. Yeah, it's it. Well, I mean, I think the biggest challenge that professionals have, whether they're lawyers or accountants, is just how do you how do you break the ice? How do you really get these people excited about doing business development and get them confident about it? And um, I've worked with some people where it's just it's like, let's start with taking out some prospective clients out for a glass of wine and have a conversation. Yeah. And that many, many clients have said, well, I can do that. I said, great. Let's start with that first. You don't need to worry about selling your practice or selling the firm. Let's just make some connections because it's all about connecting people. Yeah. And, um, and most of us understand that oftentimes even lawyers understand that, but it's actually trying to put it in practice and how do you really do that? Yeah, I so. think that um, they they think a lot like what do other lawyers do or what are other when they really need to think more like what are my clients doing or what do my clients think, feel, say, do, believe, you know, that sort of thing. Um, let yeah. me ask you this. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, we know how lawyers and we know how um, people in accounting firms and such can benefit from knowing how to develop business. I mean, that's pretty obvious, but what is it? Maybe sometimes they misunderstand about what you do. You know, is there something they sometimes get confused on what you do, or maybe they think, you know, business development is one thing and it's really not. I think oftentimes lawyers and accounts will they'll confuse business development with marketing and so ah. they might and so there's there's often they just kind of bundle those two together and I don't, i'm not a marketing consultant i'm not a marketing coach it's not what i do and if people say hey can you help me with my website or my content i'll refer them to marketing consultants in my network i just i won't do that myself 
And so, because I think old school thinking for a lot of lawyers is, hey, you know, how do I raise my profile in the marketplace, whether it's through Chambers or Martindale Hubble or whatever it may be. And that's just not, that's not business development, right? And so there's a part of that. Now, I will teach lawyers the importance of social media and how to make sure your profile looks good on LinkedIn and how to be active on LinkedIn. Um, but that's, I think that's oftentimes the, um, the misunderstanding that, that prospective clients may have of what I bring to the table. You know, I thought maybe that misunderstanding was long gone, dead, over with, but you're right. It's still alive and kicking today. A lot of lawyers and those who didn't go to business school and don't understand or never even worked in a business, they don't understand that marketing mm. is a different discipline than business development. So interesting right. that you say that. Um, I haven't done BD training in law firms for quite a while now. And to think that that's still an issue is um, actually, to be honest, it's not that surprising. Um, I'm all like, oh, no, they're still thinking like that. No, I get it. <laughs> well, it's, it's getting better because I think law firms have a much better internal BD support team. And so they're conveying that message to the lawyers. Hey, you know, there are marketing functions that we do, but we also have business development professionals internally. Um, and so I think that's, that's actually getting much better to at least tell the lawyers, here's what you need to be thinking about whenever it regards to business development versus what you should be doing regarding uh, marketing. Yeah. Um, but they're, but they're still, you know, oftentimes they just, they, they overlap the, the two and just think it's all just baked into one. Well, the, along those lines, um, what's one, I don't want you to give away, you know, your work, but give me like an actionable tip or some advice you might give uh, people out there, you know, a best practice or something that would help them develop business. Uh, take it, take it slow and one step at a time. I think, um, and, and I, you know, I do some coaching with the internal BD people who are trying to work with the attorneys. And this is the same advice they give to them. If you're going to be working with an attorney, get a better feel for first their understanding of business development. You know, where do they fall in line in that business development spectrum? Are they brand new at it and they've never had to worry about business development? Or are they fairly knowledgeable of business development? They're seasoned at, but they just don't have any structure or process. Because um, I think the, the biggest challenge that attorneys have is that they're very smart individuals who are very impatient and they want to see results happen tomorrow and so they, you know, if you try to teach them too much and they try to give them too much to bite off at one time they might either feel overwhelmed or they're not seeing instant results and then they'll give up and shut down yes and so i've learned over over my just with my practice that I have to be very careful with who I'm working with in terms of what I'm teaching them. Because it's not just about, they, they understand what they should be doing. They just don't typically know how to do it. And so I'll push the comfort level, but only to a certain point and make sure they get those small successes to build their confidence so they'll continue doing it. You know, would you agree that there's no one size fits all? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's, a, that's the difference between coaching and training. I mean, training, you're typically talking to a large group of people and you're imparting knowledge of how to do business development or talking about a specific topic, whereas one-on-one -on -one coaching is all customized to the individual. So you can really tailor to their personality, to let their level of confidence and their business development acumen and figure how you can help them move forward. You know, Doug, the, go ahead. I think you're going to say what well, I'm going to say. Go ahead. 
that's that's my favorite part of the work because that's where you really see change yeah you just see the you know the individual change is great i was gonna give you a huge shout out on that because um i don't know at this stage in my life i don't do like i don't have the patience <laughs> for that anymore but you are very look folks doug has helped me like so he's worked with me so he knows i am like you know begging forgiveness not asking permission getting you know 50 miles down the road before we the starter gun goes um so <laughs> you know the speed of susan is not for everyone and i find what he is saying to be one of the most important differentiators between what I do training and what he does coaching one-on-one -on -one, is you have to customize it to fit that person's yeah. needs. Um, yeah, there are overall missions, visions, and strategies. So, so I don't do business development training anymore, but I do training in other areas and it's broad sweeping messages with missions and goals. And you have to get people in groups and big companies, firms, small companies, firms, to buy into the end game or the uh, desired outcome, but then you need somebody to hold their hand to get them there. And that's what Doug does so well um, that, you know, I'm just highly impressed with how you do it. You speak the language of a lot of the lawyers whom I know, uh, perhaps it's because you're male and we know men and women communicate differently. Um, but I, I often think about, oh, is this attorney a good fit for Doug? I think so. Is Doug a good fit for this attorney? I think so. So um, I didn't plan on selling his services on the. I just, you know, you hit, you totally hit the nail on the head with that, the difference between training and coaching. Well, let me ask you this. Um, have you ever met men who have suffered from inequality in the workplace and they relate to the women's fight for equity? Yes, I have. I mean, there have been people who have you know, been in a situation where there, you know, there, there are times where there can be reverse discrimination in the work world. Because, you know, I think the initiative that you're behind and that so many women are behind is a very powerful initiative and it's very important and I see it um and i support it and i a lot of the women the women that i coach i said you need to get involved in this and be a part of it it's super important just for your own network um some of the men i've talked to feel like sometimes they've lost work because they're the classic white male and they lost because the buyer was going for more diversity and a diverse choice and so i mean that can happen yeah i bet probably i would say yeah. You know, um, because I'm in the DNI space with my communications theory, um, the comms work that I do is not build websites and write brochures. It's communications theory. That's a whole different ballgame. But it's still in the DNI space. And I know that um, people are going to want to hire people of color. And so, you know, mm -hmm. I lose out on opportunities there too. But I get that. I get that. We just want to be careful, though, that we don't ostracize men like men have ostracized women because who are we to complain about the way things are if we're going to create the equal but opposite problem right right yeah that's true you know i hear women say well we don't want any men at this event and i'm like well how can we have a meaningful conversation without men at the table if you think that it's wrong we have 60 40 uh, men right now why would it make it right to have 60 40 women I mean, that's, you know, creating the same problem. Well, let me ask you this. Um, go ahead. Did you want to say something? Well, I think 
one of the things that really resonates with the, with what you're doing is that you you have identified that you know men and women think differently, whether it's in the work and we've had these conversations on the side, right? Yeah. You know whether it's in a personal relationship or a business relationship, and more than half of my clients are women clients, and one of the reasons why I'm so intrigued by attending your events and being more integrated with what you're doing is just to learn more what's going on in the mindset of the woman in terms of the business world and what they're really facing. You know, yeah. I, I was a little bit sheltered when I worked at Deloitte because Deloitte was a very diverse firm and we had a woman CEO and we had women leadership and I worked with some wonderful women leaders. So I never thought there was this big, you know, inequality in the workspace. And when I was when I was working in that bubble, yeah, so it's been more eye-opening for me, not to come across like I'm naive, but it's just like, okay, I get it. I know it's still a struggle and it's, it's still an important initiative. And so it's important for me to learn as much as I can what's going on in the head of a woman business person. And it certainly helps with my, my marriage as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. My husband can teach my class now. <laughs> exactly yeah happy wife happy life right um well i will say this um deloitte has, is kind of known for being ahead of the curve you know i know a lot of people work mm. there and you know they don't know how good they have it it's it's it, i think they have focused on this before it was the you know du jour thing to do right yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a it's really to see, and I'm I'm hoping that it continues to flow over into other industries, um, especially in the legal industry, because I'm I'm well, heavily involved with that. Yeah, I bet it will. You know, if Deloitte is hiring outside firms, they're going to start demanding those firms are, you know, look like they should, act like they should, pay like they should, and play right. like they should. So yeah, I'm sure that that. Um, what you do will be welcomed and you'll do it in a unique and different way now that you're, you have a better understanding of how men and women communicate differently. And when I say communicate, it can be nonverbal communications, you know, everything. So how we dress, yeah. our body language, et cetera. Let me ask Absolutely. you, uh, women are in the fight of their lives for equity in the workplace. Um, how can men are, who are happy and like their jobs and are making what they want to make and, they, they have no real compelling reason to change anything. What can we say or do to get them to help in this fight for equity? Those who are comfortable. Yeah, I, well, what, you, what you're doing and what I'm starting to see on the marketplace is just creating more awareness. And uh, it's kind of like a lot of these men who are in a comfortable position just need a, you know, some cold water splash in the face and say, hey, wake up, you know. <laughs> this yeah. is still going on. I mean, this, and I, and I've been reading still a lot of the articles about it, and it's, it just seems I'm just flabbergasted that there's still this inequality. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. But unfortunately, it's just you know generations and generations have been carrying forward, and still hasn't completely corrected itself yet. Um, and so I think when men are in positions of whether they're working with colleagues or they're in a leadership role working with women and men to make sure that they're very aware of how they're making the decisions and delegating work to their, their teammates and also, you know, collaborating with their colleagues. And so I just don't, I, you know, I think that could always improve in the workplace. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. That was very courageous. And I want people to know that neither Doug nor I 
are of that mindset that you need to throw the 50 and older white male under the bus because actually they don't know what they don't know. All the operating mm -hmm. systems that they work in were created by white males who speak the same language, dress the same way, come from the similar and same, you know, thought schools of thought. So they don't realize that there's a whole new way of doing things. And, you know, that could be women and other minorities struggling to navigate those operating systems. Um, so there's your one shout out white men over 50. Um, it's, <laughs> it's a reason how we got to where we are. It is not an excuse to stay there. So right. just so you know. Um, well, you're so awesome. Like if, you know, I think that your personality is patient and kind. You do a lot of, uh, what my friend, uh, Monica today mentioned third level listening. If you've never heard of that, it's like really deep listening, not just listening to respond but listening to understand. And I think you're very good at that, Doug. I appreciate that about you. Um, oh, thank you for saying that. Could you please maybe tell that to my wife? Cause she's not totally convinced. <laughs> you know, I know the dynamic changes at, at home. I can tell you, um, you know, from firsthand experience, my, my husband and I actually in the beginning, um, probably suffered a lot of the same, you know, communication struggles that most couples suffer. But we found where we really connect is we are a couple of badass business people. Like together, we could, you know, I don't know how we're married, but I can tell you we could run a business <laughs> together. <laughs> we, know, we, know how to, <laughs> we know how to do nine to five for sure. Um, Love it. Yeah, yeah. So we respect that in one another. And I certainly respect that in you and your wife with what you're doing, um, the whole leading younger generations to a better place. Um, so thank you for that. If people want to reach you, Doug, how can they reach you? Yeah, I, um, LinkedIn, my, I have a LinkedIn profile at Doug Ott, uh, DougOttConsulting.com. I also have a website, which is www.DougOttConsulting.com. And they can email me at Doug at DougOttConsulting.com. So um, straightforward. Yeah. yeah. I'll put all that into the blog that I write about you um, and share that uh, probably today or tomorrow. So look for that, folks. It's, this is a great conversation. I love having male allies on who get it. Um, they're not defensive. Um, and of course, you know, we need them. We need their voice. We need their perspective. We need their input, their insights. So I'm always going to invite men on this show to share what they think is going on and how to improve things. Good for you. That's great. No, it's, it's been a, a privilege being on. And um, again, I really support what you're doing, Susan, and, and a lot of the, your counterparts out there. I think it's, it's, a, it's an important initiative. And I hope that this, we get the equality up sooner than later because it's just, it seems like it's moving too slow in my mind. And so when I keep hearing about it, I just, I'm still kind of baffled by it. Well, research shows that your mind is spot on because it's a snail's pace. Um, but thank you, thank you for, um, first of all, hat tip to you to ha for having the patience to work with, um, you know, thinkers, you know, thinker, you know, process people, logical, analytical people. Um, they're not, they're risk averse. They are, they're, they're not quick to jump into new ideas. So the fact that you handhold and you get it and you are such a good listener is really, really great. So thank you for that. You're improving the lot of them. 
That's good to hear. Thank you. Have a good day, everybody. And thank you for listening. Thank you.